Welcome to the Conversations with Anna podcast. My name is Dr. Anna Stump, the Golden Ticket Professor, a self-proclaimed edutainer. I'm a former business executive turned high school teacher turned college professor. And in the past three decades of that transition, I have spent time with several generations. And with that as my foundation, I have some stories to tell. In each episode, you'll hear stories or interviews that will help you focus on your own truth. I want you to feel accepted, motivated, supported, and then I want you to be able to take what you know about yourself and your truth, go out into this big old world we live in and apply that so you can move forward with a strategy for a more authentic life. Thank you for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump in to a conversation with Anna. It's early in the day, so much I want to do. I dedicate today to breaking rules. I'm gonna stick to a strategy. I'm gonna find out exactly what I'm made of. Is there really something wrong with just smiling the whole day long? Welcome to episode three. We are going to talk about personality assessments today. And I know you might be thinking, I've done these my whole life. I get it. I know you might be like I am and constantly have a big fat file folder of all your results somewhere. Maybe you took them in the college placement office or like the career placement office, or maybe you took them as part of a new role or your employer had you take them, or maybe you Take them because you're bored, right? Along with what kind of princess are you on the BuzzFeed or, you know, whatever. Depending on where you're at in your journey, right? Um, Whether it's your career journey, your personal development journey, whatever it might be, you've probably got maybe a little bit of a love-hate or forget relationship with these personality assessments. And that's fine. I totally get it. Um, like the Myers-Briggs and some of those things have been around so long. We, we tend to just kind of write that off. Um, and then a new one will come around. Like the Enneagram is super hot right now. So everybody's talking about that. So you kind of take that. But what I'm wanting to do in this episode and to try and lead you to is pick up where we were in episode one. So if you listen to that one, you know that our big theme was like self-awareness, find yourself. And really the whole process was getting to know yourself, accept yourself and love yourself. So this is still part of that process. And whether you've taken these in the past or not, whether you necessarily believe in them or not, um, I want to talk a little bit about just the why behind it and maybe some things you can do with some or all of these as you take them to kind of help you come out of this with a new lens. I talk a lot about lenses. I'm very big believer in, you know, um, and again, I'm a marketer. It's why we group people in generations and we study the context of their, you know, lifetime. What, what have you lived through? What have you done? What have you seen? How are you raised? What were big events? Those types of things all create a lens, how you see the world. So I think it's important that you understand that lens when you look at yourself as well. So if you did listen to episode one, you might recall that Instagram post I found, which is actually a greeting card by Emily McDowell. And I shared it in the show notes, but it talked about the conclusions that you have or that you drew previously, probably as a kid about yourself became your beliefs about who you are. And in the context of being an adult, when we talk about finding yourself, it's actually returning to yourself, unlearning, right? Unlearning 
and remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. There's such power in that, right? Remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. So I think that's one thing I find value in these assessments. I don't like labeling people. I don't want to run around and go, oh, you're a this letter or this number or this moniker, right? But I do think there's a lot of value in these assessments for us um, to focus on our areas that we already bring to the world, like our strengths, how can we amplify those? What gifts do we have? Like, what is our truth, right? Now, granted, these personality assessments can help us find a way to categorize different characteristics or traits um, that, that can help us find things about ourselves we probably aren't aware of that we share with others, which is another reason these are really helpful, I think, in the workplace with employers and leaders and those types of things. But it helps you understand not only how you react to things in your environment, but how others do as well. I always think back to a young lady that I had in class, and it was literally the week before her college graduation. She was in a group with um, four or five other students. They were finishing something up before class ended. And I heard one of the students say to her, if you apologize one more time, I'm going to reach across here and like shake you, you know, and her eyes got really big. And I could tell she wanted to apologize for apologizing. This is the sweetest girl, like literally would apologize if she heard that your car couldn't start last week and she wasn't even there, but she was just really sorry that happened to you because her number one strength, her entire personality founded on empathy right? Which, I mean, talk about an incredible gift to the world, but also exhausting, right? So because I've been a student of these assessments and of strength finders, I have this amazing friend who's a coach who we'll have on a later episode. I was pretty tuned into what this young lady was feeling. And I'm looking at her thinking, okay, I really want to have this conversation with her. And why not have it now, right? I mean, she's getting ready to graduate in like a week and a half from college. She's gonna be looking for her you know, first career. So I keep her after class and I talk to her and I just said, hey, like when you did Strengths Finders, what was your number one strength? And she said empathy. And I was like, I knew it, right? I knew it. Because once you start to become aware of these things, you really start to um, notice these things in other people. And if I'm thinking like if I was her manager and we were in the workplace and I had to have a strong conversation with somebody and empathy is, by the way, not in my top probably 10 or 15 strengths, I would go to her, right? I would go to her and say, without divulging a lot of information, talk to me about how I can start this conversation with someone. Or what would you say to somebody to start a conversation about X, Y, and Z? She'd be a phenomenal resource for that, right? Right. So I sit her down and she tells me empathy is her number one strength. So I'm like, okay, here's what I need for you to think about when you're interviewing for jobs. And how can you communicate this to people? Because she's a business major, she's a marketing major, she has all these different experiences. And I said, you know, you might get pulled into like a sales role, or you might get pulled into a really kind of competitive culture, and that's not going to be healthy for you. And she's looking at me and I'm thinking, are you processing this for me or for you? Because again, that's one thing as far as being super empathetic is she would be really aware of the fact that I was trying to help her. So she'd be appreciative of that. So I said, so like, let's practice in your job interview. When they say, tell me about yourself, 
what would you tell me, right? So she starts in on a perfectly canned, excellent textbook level answer. And I was like, okay, that's good. But what what power is there for you and for this potential employer for you to just put out there that I am a highly empathetic person, I value harmony, I do not like conflict, I am not competitive. I need to be in a workforce, in a culture, in a role that has a lot of harmony. And her eyes got really big. And she's like, I don't think I should share that in an interview. And I'm thinking, yeah, 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 yeah. We have to get away from these first date things, right? Like interviews, first dates where we're all wearing our best clothes and telling our best stories or giggling our cute giggle and smiling our best smiles and portraying who we really want the other person to think we are. We have to quit that. So we we talked through this. We... I gave her some things to think about. She came back later. She's like, I understand what you're trying to do. I'm so appreciative, right? I watch her go on, gets a job, leaves within a month. I did not want to do the I told you so game, so I didn't. But she's currently in a role in a nonprofit and has been promoted twice in the last like year, right? Sometimes these are lessons you have to learn on your own. She and I have talked since then, and she's like, you know what? I heard what you said. I understood what you're trying to tell me, but I had never seen that in action until I got that first job. And the minute I started feeling exhausted by 10 o'clock in the morning, I knew that that environment was taking every bit of me like to, to function in that environment, which was huge power, right? And good for her for figuring it out. And I didn't have to say I told you so because she said, I don't think I was prepared to hear what you were trying to tell me. Yeah, you probably weren't, right? Like, I'm a classroom teacher trying to prepare you for the world. I don't know what that's going to look like for you. But the more you know, the more aware you can be, right? I don't know that that should have played out any other way. I really don't. I think she had to go do that for herself. But these personality assessments, having an understanding, being able to assign a word to a feeling or an emotion or some other things, having a place to start, I think is so important here, right? So understanding yourself for situations where you're going to perform your best, you know, if you realize, like this young lady did, that certain functions, certain attributes of a relationship or a job or one of the many hats that you wear is going to drain your energy, you have to figure out a different path, right? That is not your truth. You are not going to be like maximizing yourself or doing anyone else any good if you get into these spots that just drain your energy. So Having, I think, a foundation, having a vocabulary, a vernacular, whatever it is, that will be kind of, um, it'll be guide rails, right? Again, I'm not trying to tell you label and to jump in a box and stay in a drawer, any of those compartmentalizing things. Like, I just want you to know kind of how to find this balance. So not only can these tests, I think, give you some insight into yourself and to other people, but how you can interact with those people, how you react, who gets along better with who, who's better at different, you know, aspects of projects or um, conflict or all of those types of things, right? So there's a lot, I think, here, and we maybe after processing a little bit, we'll think about this road to like true self 
awareness, true self-acceptance. This is a good place to start for me. And maybe it is for you too. And maybe it's something you haven't thought about. That's what I'm hoping. Because again, it's a little bit of validation. We are coming with the idea of establishing ourselves as who we really are. I think the more you know about yourself, the more confident you'll be. You can be more assertive. You can get where you really want to get in life and live your truth, right? Also, I want to give the caveat right now that these assessments, especially free ones, heavily have limitations. Like if you were going to break them down or give them to experts or psychologists or anyone else, they definitely have limitations. And they can be really super dangerous if you're going to try and rearrange your whole life around, you know, whatever your outcomes are. I'm not by any means suggesting that you do that. Um, So I'm not trying to get you to cling to who you are or who you are not based on, you know, the results of these types of things. Because really, the ones I'm going to cover today are all free. Well, you get what you pay for, right? That's what I've heard my whole life. And it's probably fairly accurate. But We don't want to place too much emphasis on these, but I do think they're a good place to start. And I think that if you do place a lot of emphasis on it and you start to form your persona or your perception of yourself into these, you know, results, that's unhealthy. I think if you start trying to be too much of what you think these outcomes are or what you are trying to be labeled as, right? I have a lot of people who tell me like, oh, this is my Enneagram, but I really want to be this or that. I really thought I was. And they start studying those to try and figure out how they can make that shift. Or I meet people when they take these assessments, they'll take them five, six, seven, eight times trying to get to a certain, I mean, this, this is not for Augur. We are not trying to get a high score. We're not trying to change your personality type. Just trying to get you to find your truth, right? So just be cautious, be aware, you know, for the most part, researchers have found that these personality traits, as far as what it measures with us, especially like Myers-Briggs and some of these more established ones have been stable for a long time. And they have been somewhat reliable for what they're being used for. Um, but we do grow and change as people. We have new experiences. Like I have a colleague at work who wrote a book on emotional intelligence and she's certified in Myers-Briggs and says like you could take Myers-Briggs as a very young person and it will be the same your whole life. The first time I took Myers-Briggs was my first year at Walmart. So I'm 23 in my first big girl job. I've just moved away from home. I've graduated college, which no one in my family had done before. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I was in a pretty good place. I was in a very competitive environment, very profit focused, managing people. Um, I was in my spider girl role, like with great power comes great responsibility and you got to have a little bit of an ego to do those things. So I was at a different place than I was the next time I took that. I was a high school teacher going back to earn an MBA, I can't, I was married and had a child, right? I can't imagine those two Annas had very much in common, but they were still Anna, right? Still at the core, my character traits, my values, the things about me were still me, but I was just in different environments. So that's another thing to remember too, going back to the example of my college student, 
who went on to get a job and how much it drained her to be in the wrong environment because of who she was. So that's kind of when I think about changes over time, I think your environment changes. I think your priorities change, but fundamentally who you are, your truth remains constant. So now you've taken all these resist the urge to just walk away, right? To be like, oh, that one was fun. Or look, I'm an eight. I'm going to jump all over Pinterest and learn about myself. I want you to do some work now. Okay. I want you to put some work in on this. And maybe this is why you take less of the surveys, or maybe you have your own way of processing this, but don't start taking these if you're not going to use the results, right? Um, So when you get these, I feel like the best mode of analysis or the best way to find some themes that I have seen done. I had a student who is still one of my favorite people on the planet. She did a personal brand um, study as her honors thesis, her senior year in college. And when she had her honors thesis presentation, I attended and I watched her cover what she did. And I thought to myself, this is the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. Um, I tried to give her tons of credit for it. She's like, no, this is what my professor showed me how to do. So clearly there's smarter people out there than me, but here's what they did. And here's what I'm going to have you do or suggest that you do. Not everybody learns this way. Not everybody. When I describe this to you, some of you may be like, I'm doing that right now. And others of you may rather have a root canal, but finding themes in this, and this is what I did with the MBA students. And most of them grumbled and hated it when I described it. But when it was done, we're so super proud of it. There are still people today that have it on their LinkedIn profile. So what you can do with this as an option is open up a Word document and read through these results. So read through what it describes you for your Myers-Briggs type. Read through as much information as you can find on your Enneagram type or your high five test or your 16 personality and whatever, all of them, right? Every time it describes you in a way, outgoing, fun, whatever, type it in Word. Just type it in a long, giant, like, string, a column, however, you can even do it in paragraph form, I guess, whatever, just type the word, you're going to have a ton of repetition, right? You're going to have words, you're going to have synonyms, you're going to you can't worry about it as you type it in. But try and get as many words in the document as possible, pages and pages, hundreds and hundreds of words. Because then what you're going to do, one way of doing this, you might be smart enough to do this in a different way, you might go through and highlight it and do this all in your head. This worked. I've seen it worked for other people worked for um, my student when she did her thesis. It's worked for me. I've seen it work for hundreds of people, but you do you. What you're looking for is what ultimately I think is important to get a word cloud. If you're familiar with a word cloud, that is a shape made out of words. Some words are big, some words are small. The ones that are used the most are big, right? It's a thematic analysis, but it's a visual. So what you can do is you can type all these descriptors, adjectives, all these words that kept coming up into Word, copy and paste them, go to Google, type in Word Cloud Generator, right? Worded out is one, uh, there's a bunch. Open it up and then it'll say like, type your words, paste your words, do whatever. Put the list in the Word Cloud Generator, just paste them and then hit like generate or like make it. So what you're going to notice is you're going to have some big words, you're going to have some medium words, you're going to have some small words. 
you can go in and play with the color, the theme, the shape, the whatever, but when you start really looking at that first round visual, you're going to notice things like extrovert and outgoing. That's kind of the same thing, right? So you can go back to your Word document and you could do find and replace. Why don't we find and replace outgoing with extrovert, right? So then you can go back to your results on your Word cloud and you can keep doing those synonyms however you want to do it. I'm not saying eradicate them all and get yourself down to four words, but the least amount of words you can have that will give you a really good, clear word cloud. Um, then once you feel like you've got that, you can go back. Now, some people shortcut it. Some people read through all their stuff and they write down the words that, that stands out the most. And they do that for all of their personality assessment results. And then they take a look at their list and then they pick five or six of them that they want to put in their word cloud. That's fine. Like however you process, right? There's no right or wrong here. Um, And maybe it doesn't help you to have a visual. I think that it does. And I like having something that I can look at, put up, make a sticker of it, whatever, put it where I can see it to be constantly reminded of my strengths, of the value that I bring, of my truth, right? And it also helps me remember what makes me unique and those types of things. So I, again, when we go back to know, accept, and love yourself, this is really important. Like I talked last episode about speaking it out and saying it out loud and looking at yourself in the mirror and talking constantly to yourself in a really healthy, positive way. This is just another form of that. So if you want to make a list of words instead of a word cloud, however you want to do it, but get yourself an artifact, get yourself a tangible that somehow represents these amazing qualities and strengths that you have. So you can start to put them on your lens, right? And not to make excuses, right? Communication is my number one strength. I could sit in a meeting and talk forever and just be like, sorry, guys, communication is my number one strength. You're going to have to deal with that. Aren't you lucky to be around me? No, 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 no. But kind of like when I talked about like how my passion looks like intimidation to other people, I have to remember these things about myself. And they are strengths, but they are not, you know, everyone's thing. Like I, I have to remember these are not strengths in all things, in all situations, all the time. So, and that I have other strengths besides communication to pull in that I need to kind of shift and be aware of the world around me. But that goes back to making sure my lens is really clear and that I'm getting a good picture of things, right? And I think when I describe like why we want to take these, what we want to know about ourselves, how we will live our truth, Understanding my truth helps me accept other people's in all these different scenarios. So that is one way to come out with an outcome from taking these assessments and taking the time to take these assessments. So those are the processes I've seen work, right? Like going through several of these assessments, combing through the results, making a list, and then making a visual or graphic or you know, maybe you make your mission statement. Maybe you make a sentence that describes you. Maybe you write a poem about yourself. Maybe you write a song. Maybe you draw a picture. Whatever it is that you can use to give yourself that ability to see yourself, 
right? Maybe you don't have a mirror that day right in front of you in that moment, but you can go back to visualizing your deliverable from going through these assessments. Because again, there's really nothing wrong with focusing on your strengths. We aren't necessarily doing that naturally, right? Because we've been conditioned to be humble and we kind of go to a place where we're a lot more critical of ourselves. So we need to largely focus on these strengths, how to amplify that and think about what is my truth? What am I already bringing to the world and how can I do more of that? Because when you're doing what you're meant to do, when you're living your truth, it's less energy, it's less resistance, it's less, you know, all of the negativity that drains you, it's less of that. And you can control that, right? Remember, we have to unlearn and remember who we were before the world got its hands on us. Okay, so hopefully this was helpful so far. If you want to listen to the bonus episode, I'm going to cover all of the free personality assessments that I've had experience with. Then you can also uh, check out the show notes for the bonus episode on goldenticketprof.com. They'll all be listed there with links. And then if you see one you haven't heard about and you want to listen to it, um, because I'm not sharing anything totally revolutionary, I'm just kind of giving an overview of these assessments. Leave me um, an email, give me some feedback if there are other assessments I'm missing. If you come up with new or cool ways to visualize or to see your results um, or the themes of your results when it's done, I would love to see that. Share it on my Facebook page, goldenticketprof.com. Email me, Anna at goldenticketprof.com. However you can get it to me, I would love to see the outcomes of your work on this. It would make my day. Um, speaking of making my day, if you have found value in these episodes so far, I would so appreciate you going and leaving a rating and a comment on whatever platform, if it's iTunes or whatever it is where you can go um, let other people know that you found value in this. So that is it for episode two. It was a long one. It was really good stuff though. We covered a lot. So use that show notes page because that's where all of that will be. And good luck out there. Hope you have an excellent discovery of your own truth and that you enjoyed this conversation with Anna today.